0: Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is a bi-weekly podcast here to elevate the exciting world of young adult life. Hey YA is a book write podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, and Eric Smith. We're recording on Thursday, October 12th, 2017. Hi. Hello. How's it going?
1: So good. So many fun books to talk about today.
0: I know. I'm so excited about this show. Like, the world is burning down around us, but all I can think about is YA and how ready I am to talk about YA.
1: Yes, I just want to talk about books and just be in my nice, warm cocoon. Like, that's e- that sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it sounds perfect. Um, what have you been reading?
1: So, um, I started reading uh, Salt to the Sea by uh, mm-hmm. Ruta. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Is it Septius? C- Septus? Septius? Septius. No. Yeah, I think so. Um... So yeah, I just started reading that. Um, it's this awesome, why historic book about four teens making their way to the uh, Wilhelm Gustav in, in 1945. Uh, it's just this spectacularly well-researched book. I only have like 20 pages left to the end um, where you're getting all these different perspectives from all these teenagers sort of rushing to uh, get to potential safety towards the tail end of World War II. Uh, and throughout the book, there's all these... Bits and pieces of history peppered throughout it. That, like, I've spent half the book Googling stuff to, to learn about it, um, and that's kind of what I love so much about uh, historic YA. And we we I, we've got to do an episode on that later. Um, yes. And like as a result, I picked up the rest of her books. You know, I have um, the big easy. I was going to ask, have you
0: have you read her other books, or is this your first experience with her?
1: It's the first one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh man, you're you're in for a treat. Um, I've read the other books she's written. I have not read Salt to the Sea yet, so. Um, I'll be super curious what you think about the, the other two.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's a hard one to read. You know, there's, I'm having a lot of yeah. feelings and, and I really like it. Um, and uh, I, I picked it up while I was in New York um, just last week at this store called Book Off, which I, I've got to ramble to you about a little bit um, because it's this weird bookstore near Times Square where like the, the first floor is like junk electronics and stuff. And then the second floor is riddled with dollar books, and I just, like, I had to fly all the way back to Michigan, but I still stocked up on, like, I must have bought, like, ten books and crammed my little bag full of them, and, uh, yeah. When See, you go that, to no, town, that's,
0: that's when you go to the post office and you media mail that stuff back to you. Yeah, I
1: really need to do that next time, because <laughs> it was really heavy. Pro tip
0: for listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes, VEA, we are going.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I wanna go see that place. Um and so what about you? Yeah. Been, I was gonna say I just finished um Far From the Tree by Robin Benway. Did, have mm-hmm. you read that yet?
1: No, I really need to.
0: I was gonna say you need to put it on your, your to read list because it's about um it's about three siblings who they were all adopted Uh, well two of the siblings were adopted one has been in foster care his whole life and it's a story about the three of them meeting for the first time as older teenagers and sort of piecing together their separate histories and then also um, what happens when they meet and they have this shared they have this shared history that they don't know anything about so they just you know it's it's a story about them sort of Reconciling their past with what is to come, and what do they want out of relationships with one another? You know, do they reach out and try and find their um, birth mother? Like, there's a lot. It's it's a really intricate, literary, and just like wonderful read. Oh, um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's I a... got to the end of it. I got to the end of it, and I was crying. And I'm not like a, a reads and has feels person, but <laughs> oh, so good.
1: <laughs> it got a. It's a. It's a long list on the National Book Award, isn't it? Or
0: uh, shortlist
1: like shortlist okay
0: yeah yeah so um you know i've really liked it i don't know if i can see it being the winner but maybe <laughs> i'll eat my hat you know like <laughs> um just and i i only say that because there's so many good books on that, at least Not there that really
1: are
0: is, yeah i mean that's the thing is it's like you're comparing high caliber with high caliber and you can't even you know like you can't guess what the the winner is going to be with that yeah i'm um that's where i'm at i I'm going to talk about the other book that I'm really excited to read when we get a little bit further in the show. Sounds good. So, um, well, let's kick this off and just get our sponsor um talked about. And our sponsor for the Hawaii hey, show this week is Sun Warrior by PC Cast. And I'm going to read the description, um, and then I will tell you about this blurb that I just love, um, and that fits into with something we're going to talk a little bit about later in the show. So, um, Sun Warrior by PC Cast. Battle lines have been drawn, bonded eternally after she saves his life. Earth Walker Mari, companion Nick, and their rival clans must end the greed and prejudice that have ravaged their people and their canine allies for centuries. They must endure the unthinkable. Um, in the heart of darkness, there is but one light. Sun Warrior. The next chapter in the Tales of a New World series from number one best-selling author PC Cast. And here's um. Here's the blurb that I really like. This comes from um, School Library Journal, talking about the first book in the series. And it says, fantasy lovers who are fans of Cinda William Chima's Seven Realms novel will fall in love with Mari and Nick. And I thought that was a really great yeah. comparison and explanation of the book. Like, really good. That's really succinct and perfect. So, kind of kind of tying in with that, we got this great email from a listener after our first show, and as soon as it hit my inbox, I was like, "Oh, we have to, we have to talk about this in the show." And I'm just gonna read the email, and then we'll launch into discussing it. And the email, um, I'm leaving the person's name off just so that I didn't get permission, um, <laughs> and I don't wanna, I don't wanna out them. Um, but the email read, "I would love to hear you two discuss how to recommend slash defend YA to peers. I'm 27, and work with kids, not to mention." And I still get some flack for reading YA and finding myself constantly defending it as a genre to co-workers. Some commentary on the subject would rock. I think we have commentary, right?
1: Yes, we do. <laughs> um,
0: so, <laughs> for me, I always remind people that they like what they like. And that spitting in somebody else's cup of tea doesn't make theirs taste any better. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why it is people find the need to... Um, devalue what it is somebody else likes like if it's not causing them any active harm there's no point in like caring you know um i'm not a big fantasy reader just like not what i typically pick up but i'm never going to tell a fantasy reader that what they read is dumb like clearly they're getting something out of it whatever that is and and that's great like i should be happy for them about that um and i am you know like it's silly and i and i see this happen all the time with ya specifically um and i i don't get it i really don't um One of the things I do do is if, if it's a skeptical adult who is sort of like, man, YA, it's all vampires, isn't it? You know, you know the
1: (laughs) type. Um,
0: One of the things I'll do and that I did uh, working in libraries was I would just pitch the book and not tell them what it was. Mm. So, like, don't give them the label. Just be like, okay, I know this great book about, you know, girl dealing with mental illness and about, what she overcomes, you know, and what lessons she has to learn. Like, I'd pitch it much better than this imaginary book that I'm pitching to you right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would leave out, like, it's a YA book. Like, somebody who's looking for a good story doesn't care. Um, and if they do care, like, maybe this is the opportunity you step in and say, you know what, just give it a shot. And if you hate it, you can return it. Um, but, you know, this is your, your opportunity to sort of wade beyond the it's all vampires idea of what YA is.
1: Yeah, totally. And like, you know, getting flack for reading YA, you know, I feel like your first step is to make some new friends, you know, maybe maybe find a new <laughs> workplace, you know, head to HR. This is a hostile work environment. I, I think you need to right. uh, yeah. look into this. But really, I, I think Kelly's spot on. Um, I, I forget the podcast that says it. And I know there's a kid's book that says it. But like people who yuck other people's yum, you know, they're just they're the worst. Um, yeah. You know, one of the reasons I love YA so much uh, and reading it as an adult is because isn't just because it's what I do for my my day job um, but because there's something so universal about that experience of growing up. you know, I feel like it's why we we gravitate towards books that have younger protagonists that that aren't you know, y a novels. Um, you know, the struggle to find your place. Uh, it's something that, grown ups deal with long into adulthood. I mean I'm in my mid thirties and I'm still like, oh, what am I gonna be when I grow up? Uh, <laughs> so there's a reason people flock to those kind of books. Um, and hating on that is a bit it's a bit ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I think dishing out some really great examples and, and, you know, leaving out the fact that it's YA is a like Kelly was saying, is a great way to, to go about that.
0: I think too, um, if I'm in the the situation that the person who wrote in was in, I would suggest just telling people you like what you like and they like what they're like. And when they're ready for some book suggestions just to come to you, like, um, you know, if you have to couch that, you could always say, one of the reasons that you know so much is because you're just doing your job well, you know, you work with kids, like you have to know what the kids are into. Mm -hmm. Um, working, working in libraries, when I worked with teens, I had to read a lot of stuff that like, um. I would otherwise not pick up. I mean, I read a lot of like Seventeen magazine, Teen Vogue, um bunch of websites and things that I would otherwise not read, but it's like, well, to do my job well, I have to at least know what the kids are into or what they're not into. You know, it doesn't like and, and I think specifically it doesn't mean you need to be into it um yourself in those situations, but like if you find yourself into it, that's awesome. You know, like that's that's great. And and it, in the situation with YA, like it leads you down even bigger roads in terms of finding great stories that you connect to and great books that then you can recommend to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another suggestion would be, if you can, start a book club and pick a good YA book as your like discussion book. Um, and, and you could either mention that it's YA or you can not mention it and see how many people show up to the book discussion and go, man, this is really great. I didn't know it was a YA book.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Be sneaky.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm all about sneaky. No shame. No shame.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like, why do books get nominated for... We just talked about one that was nominated for National Book Award, you know? Like, have that sort of ammo in your back pocket when it comes to that. Bring one of those books. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, bring a book by an author who's just been huge and exploded, you know? Um, Have your your book club of co-workers slash friends read the new John Green book or read a book um, like The Hate You Give, which has been at the top of the New York Times list for many, many, many weeks. Um, and, and discuss, like, this is an opportunity not to just discuss the book, but also discuss, like, why do we have these prejudices against YA? Like, what does this say about YA lit? Um you know, it's it's sort of one of those, like, when you can bust down the doors with one book that connects with the person, you sort of open them up to this whole world of
1: mm.
0: books that they'll love, um, or and some they won't love. And I think that that, too, is part of the learning process is, you know, they're not going to like some things, and that's okay, so they, it's time to try other things. I hear little corgi feet running yes, on the
1: floor. Yes, he, he is clicking <laughs> around.
0: <laughs> Which, this leads us wonderfully into our next topic, don't you think?
1: I think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on the last show, we sort of teased a little bit about wanting to talk about bad and good meets pitches. So these are um, these are ways that people who are selling books in any capacity try to explain what the book's about or give like a quick idea of what the book's about. So um, they'll take two things or sometimes more and say it's this thing meets this thing you know, set in space. This thing needs this thing set underwater, and um, <laughs> you know, it's it's meant to give either the reader or the librarian who wants to acquire the book or the booksellers who are going to sell the book um, some way to sort of place what the book is about without having to invest in reading the whole book to know immediately um, what it's about. So we thought we would share some of our favorite. Yes. And some of our least favorite meat <laughs> pitches. So I'm going to let Eric kick this one off.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, and also because, you know, we get uh, we get pitched all the time as reviewers. Um, these are also easy ways for us to, you know, want to grab a book uh, immediately based on whatever the quick little blip is. Uh, and I don't know, for me, this this works so well. Like I am that guy. I am the audience <laughs> that, that they write these things for. Um, if you say it's something meets Mean Girls, then I just ha- I have to buy it. And that's just sort of the end of it. Um, so a couple of my favorite ones, uh, uh, there's one for, uh, Tracked by Jenny Martin, which is a incredibly underrated, uh, YA sci-fi duology, uh, that was described as Star Wars meets the Fast and the Furious. Nice. Uh, oh my God. I just, I loved that, that hook that they had with that book. Um, it's a great book about would a- Would
0: you, would you agree with that pitch? Do you think it was a good one for the book?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. You know, it's about a teen girl- uh, who is like a, a street racer on these planets that are owned by these corporations? Um, who basically has to uh, end up leading a rebellion uh, as a result of her position, uh, racing for one of these uh, you know evil companies? And uh, oh god, just so action packed and sci-fi ish. It's uh, it was a perfect comp uh, for that particular book. Um, what else? Uh, Carval by, by Stephanie Garber. Uh, I saw it getting pitched around as The Hunger Games meets The Night Circus a lot. Um, the Night Circus is another one of those books that when you compare something to it, I need to read it immediately. Um, <laughs> I, I saw, what, what was the book by Gwenda Bond? The uh, Girl on a Wire got mm-hmm. compared to The Night Circus, and I had to get it. Um, the, oh, is it The Weight of Feathers? I forget which book by, by, um, Yeah,
0: the one, it's the two families who run the, the circus yeah who run the, the circus. Magical circus yeah yeah that one had the night circus yes uh yeah
1: that one had the night circus in the comp um yeah that's that's definitely one that'll get me right away <laughs> um kim Lidget's blood and salt which i'm definitely going to talk about a little later uh gets described as romeo and juliet meets children of the corn uh <laughs> it's it's spot on because it's you know wow yeah it's like a forbidden romance tucked away within a uh within a cult that's hidden in a giant cornfield um the lifeboat click by kathy parks gets described as titanic meets mean girls so there's my mean girls uh comparison (laughs) uh where a uh, a ship sinks and there's a bunch of kids in a lifeboat and they are they are not nice to one another yeah. Um, and then my favorite one of all time is for oh, the walls one around so us. this is so good.
0: This is yes. so good.
1: <laughs> the walls around us by Nova and Suma gets described as um, orange is the new black meets Black Swan, aka Orange is the New Black Swan. Uh, and that's just that was just perfect. That was the perfect. And it's, <laughs> it,
0: it's so spot on too. Yeah. Like it is so spot on. Yeah, that those are good ones. Um, yeah, those
1: are some of my favorite. What about you?
0: So for me, what made me even want to talk about this topic was last week's sponsored uh, book. The pitch was "Frozen meets the Bloody Chamber" for girls of made of snow and glass, and I thought that was just excellent. Um, "Frozen meets the Bloody Chamber." I know exactly what that book's going to be. Yes. Um, so a couple other ones, a, the, you'll want this on your list, Eric. A literary oh, yeah. Mean Girls meets <laughs> Fresh Off the Boat. Yes, and that's. Yeah, that one's for Lucy and Lynn by Alice Pung that came out last year. And that was a great (laughs) comp. Great comp for that book. Um, Transformers meets The Terminator. And I can't remember what book this is for. I'm so upset I didn't write this down. Um, Now, I'm not... I, like I'm not into either Transformers nor The Terminator, but when I hear that when I hear that comp, I know exactly who that book is for. Like this is a book for readers who love action and fast paced, you know, stories. It's like mm. okay, I know exactly who that reader is and and who to hand the book off to. Just unfortunately, can't remember what the book is right now. Um, <laughs> i um, let's see. Princess and the Pea meets Organ Trafficking for, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so good. Um, that one's for Hold Me Like a Breath, which is a duology by Tiffany Schmidt. Um, Hold Me Like a Breath, the first book, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a sort of uh, retelling of Princess and the Pea, but it's about families who work in organ, har- um, organ trafficking. Super, oh, super compelling stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Perkins book before, but that, that one was just Scream meets YA. I thought that's just perfect. That's exactly what it is. And then this last one I have is ridiculous. It's not even a real pitch, but it's so good that I had to, like, write it down, and I'm going to commit it to memory. But the, <laughs> the Fug Girls, um, Heather and Jessica, on Twitter, we were talking about Model Land by Tyra Banks, and they called it Pan's Labyrinth meets Harry Potter meets Tyra's Special Sauce. I don't need anything more in life because that pitch is everything right there.
1: Yes, that's uh, that's way too good.
0: <laughs> um, should we talk about some that don't work so well?
1: Yes, I think you got a lot more of these than <laughs> I did. And I, I, I love them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... I um I started trying to remember one that I'd recently shared on Twitter, and I was like, okay, well, I have to do a Twitter search with my name and then meets, and just go through and find it. Um, it shouldn't take too long. It didn't take too long, and then I realized that I have been sharing these like bad Meats pitches for years. Um, <laughs> and so, so I was able to just like pull out a bunch of different um, different ones that I didn't like, um, and and I should note here. Authors don't come up with these. These are, like, just marketing lines. So, um, you know, a bad bad meets pitch doesn't mean it's a bad book. It doesn't have any reflection on the book at all. It just is a reflection of maybe not the smartest, <laughs> smartest um, comparisons for what the book is like. Um, so I read one that was The Selection Meets the Fifth Wave. And, oh, I can't remember what book it was for now. But... Um, When I hear that, I think, a girl competing to go to outer space, or no, sorry, yeah, a girl competing, the book is about a girl competing to go to outer space. Mm. But when I think about what the selection meets the fifth wave actually means, well, the fifth wave is when the aliens come to Earth, not the other way around. Yeah. So it's a little confusing for me. Like The longer I think about it, the more I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all um, for what the book is actually about
1: yeah are um, like aliens one... coming down and like ravaging the landscape like I don't well
0: well with the selection I like are aliens coming down and then girls are competing to be the aliens one and only hmm is the alien rich <laughs> I mean, I would read that book,
1: yes, um, definitely
0: <laughs> I think I think we could write great books from really bad pitches. <laughs> Here's one um, again, another one. I can't remember where it's from. I just found it in my in my searching. Twenty four meets Run Lola Run, and I I don't even know what that means. I have no clue what that means. It's a book maybe set in twenty four hours, but what? I don't I don't get it. Um, the next one I do remember who this one is for. This one is for um, Antisocial by Jillian Blake. It's a new new book. I think it came out this year. Okay. The Pitches... Pretty Little Liars Meets WikiLeaks. Hmm. Who's the audience for this book?
1: I don't know, WikiLeaks. Mm.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a very odd like comparison. Uh, oh. The one that apparently broke me many years ago was this one. Um this one was from 2014. Breaking bad meets Marie Antoinette. <laughs>
1: That's, I Yeah, that's I a pitch. Know. That's
0: <laughs> It's a pitch. I mean, it's it's a pitch. I think that's that's the best way to put it. Um, how about Eloise meets Rosemary's Baby? Mm. So I get what? I get what they're going for there, like it's a horror story maybe set in a hotel. Like I totally get that part. Mm-hmm. But like who compares Eloise with Rosemary's Baby? Like who sat down and thought, "I know. <laughs> I know." <laughs> Eloise, this children's book set in a New York City hotel with lots of pink, meets Rosemary's Baby, this classic horror film. Like, where did that even? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I'll share one more. And I like to call this one um, Word Soup. Lost meets The Leftovers meets One of Us Is Lying. And this is from a recent um, sale that was in Publishers Weekly. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't have any clue what that means. I kind of yeah. feel like had, had they used the uh, the same space with those words and actually told me what the story was about, it'd be a lot more.
1: Effective.
0: <laughs> Do you have any that have stuck out to you as like weird ones or? Uh, yeah, not anything? not
1: particularly. I feel like I always remember the really great ones the and they, like ones. stick with me for a really long time. Uh, and I, I guess the bad ones I just push to the back of my head, or I just end <laughs> up end up deleting the uh, the pitch emails. Um, yeah, no, I, I I can't really think of any.
0: <laughs> Maybe you're just kinder than me. I, I'm pretty sure that that's the case too.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> um, I just yeah. It's just funny how for me, like the bad ones, it's just like, sometimes I read them and I have to sit there for a long time going, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? I don't understand. Um, I saw one recently for a book um, that was called A Modern Day My So-Called Life Starring a Muslim Teen, which not a particularly bad pitch at all. Um, But as I was reading that, I'm like, who is that pitch for? Um, I'm 33. I'm like five years younger than when um, my so-called life was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. So this doesn't mean anything to me at all. I don't know what that's that so,
1: means. That's so funny. I felt the same way about the uh, the X-Files books that came out with like Young Mulder oh, and Young yeah. Scully, um, which I loved because like Cami Garcia is brilliant. Um, but I also kept wondering who it was for because like I know there's new X-Files episodes. But, yeah. But that show is so so old um so is it is it just YA that's being marketed heavily towards adults who are gonna want it um mm-hmm. I I don't know but uh those books are really good uh and maybe that's yeah. something interesting to talk about like YA who we don't know who it's for uh yeah some way.
0: yeah it's funny because so this was for um Saints and Misfits by S.K. Ali and it was a great book like I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it um but that pitch, like, as I was reading the whole time, like, I don't know what that means. Um, like, intellectually, I know what it means, but on the on the surface of, like, if this is meant to sell the book to somebody, who is it selling it to? Yeah. Um, is my so-called life streaming anywhere? Do you know? It must
1: It must be. It has. Yeah, maybe, it
0: has... maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I know the 90s have been, like, super popular for a while now with um, the teenagers, mm. but... Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. it made me it would, feel old and really young at the same time.
1: Yeah. It's also just a weird thing for someone to catch on to because wasn't my so-called life only like one season.
0: One or two. It wasn't super yeah. long. I don't know. Kids are into things these days that I don't understand, you know, much in the same way when we were growing up and our, you know, adults in our lives were like, they're into weird stuff. <laughs> Stuff that was popular when I was a teenager, you know, <laughs> that I never wanted to see back.
1: Um, I, just, I think of that uh, that image of um, uh, Seymour Skinner from The Simpsons, where he's like, "No, it is the children who are wrong," and he has like his hands on his, <laughs> on his hips, whatever. Uh, whenever I see something, I'm out of touch with.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> um, something we aren't out of touch with, and and this just it delights me that you are a YA horror reader. Because there are so few of us who are just like... There are. You know? And, I, and there's so much good YA horror out there that mm-hmm. it's... <laughs> I want more people to read it and love it. Me too. Um, that was a great segue, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back for that yes, one. We're, we're getting good um, at this. <laughs> it's almost like this is our third episode and we yeah. sort of figured it out. But <laughs> we're going to um, highlight some of the YA horror that... We think that our listeners should pick up and read if they haven't yet. Um, there's a little something for everybody in terms of, like, what their kin-stomach levels are when mm. it comes to, to horror and scary reads. So I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this one off.
1: Sure. Um, well, the first one I want to talk about is uh, The Rattled Bones by Shannon Parker. Um, She had a book come out last year called The Girl Who Fell, which was this really, like, slow-burn contemporary novel about, like, a girl and her stalker-slash-toxic relationship that she ends up getting into, and, like, you see it all happening, and you want to stop her, but you can't. Uh, She's really great at writing those sort of books that, like, things just sort of unravel slowly, and everything's really uncomfortable, and uh, I was so excited when she said her second book was going to be a uh, a horror novel— Um, So in the Rattle Bones, we meet these two teenagers who are, they're unearthing uh, these really dark secrets on this uh, neighboring island um, where this ghost uh, haunts this sort of patch of land there. Um, It turns out the island has this really tragic past that, um, well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's, (laughs) oh goodness, it's it's really horrible. Uh, (laughs) uh, Involves lots of people disappearing. Uh, and just, you know, sort of as it unravels, we, uh, we we learn more about the history and everything that was going on there. It's set in Maine. Uh, everything's really cold. Uh, everything's really uh, stark. Um, even though Maine might not necessarily be that way. <laughs> it's, it's actually a very lovely it's a state. Great,
0: it's a great horror state, like, horror yes. setting state, because you get that, like, yeah, you get that, like, it super really New is. England in fall vibe.
1: Yeah, the atmosphere is there, the, the cold is there, and... Uh, the book is incredible, and uh, it'll make you really uncomfortable, which is uh, which is awesome. It's not it's not the sort of book that you're gonna scream while you're reading it, <laughs> but it's the sort of book that's gonna make you really uneasy and, and and question all the little sounds that are happening in your house at night.
0: I hadn't heard of this, and now I need to read it because it sounds like it's straight up my my sort of horror alley.
1: Yes, this um. is really good.
0: So, my first one is one that I put in the YA box a few years ago when we were doing those, so some listeners might be familiar with this, um, but I suspect many won't be, and it's The Devil and Winnie Flynn by Nicole Ostow, and it follows this teenage girl who, um, her aunt is a producer for a reality television show that's similar to Ghost Hunters, so the, sh- the book is about when the girl gets the chance to work as a production assistant on this reality show. And she's sent to New Jersey, where she's, her sort of um, story is to look into the history of the Jersey Devil, and mm. to help put together this this episode. But as, as we follow her through the making of the show and through her research, um, she starts to discover that there are some connections between the lore of the Jersey Devil, and the history of her own family, because there's been some family stuff that we get bits and pieces of. Um, and by the end, we walk away wondering if maybe, just maybe, the Jersey Devil isn't just a legend. Ooh. Um, yeah. So this is one for readers who want to read horror but don't want to be scared. There's mm-hmm. nothing scary in it. There's not any, like, blood or guts. It's much more about... Um, like, personal experiences and grief and family, um, family drama with that creation of this horror reality TV show as the backdrop. So you get bits and pieces of, like, this story and this story and this story, but never, it's not on page. Like, there's nothing, you know, nothing people who are squeamish or mm-hmm. who don't like scary would find upsetting or scary or anything. So it's a nice, nice one for the want to try horror but, like, don't, like conventional horror tropes
1: nice she's also a super prolific author like oh my goodness her, oh, yeah. her catalog is unreal um she has that she's doesn't written she have a the f- book amity isn't is the uh yeah like why and the horror
0: yeah that and i was gonna say um she's written a few horror um why horror and amity is another one and that was a really good one that was a yeah kind of ha- amity phil horror esque. um if i remember it's two different teens two different timelines um in this haunted house which like, I'm a sucker for a haunted house story, so mm. um, that one worked for me really well.
1: Nice. Let's see. What do I have next? Um, well, speaking of haunted houses, um, <laughs> so, so my next one is The Dead House uh, by Dawn Kurgich. Um, so it's a story of a high school, so it's not, not a uh, haunted house per se, that, but it's a building <laughs> that uh, burned down, uh, and the girl who supposedly did it, uh, and a teenager that's reading her diary. Um, so this is another one that's a little more creepy, um, again, not not gonna make you uh scream and cry um and it's told through ephemera so there's like newspaper articles and um oh like like interviews and 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 uh folders and, and, and sort of blacked out evidence pieces uh and i'm just such a sucker for that i i love books that are told in that sort of uh sort of quirky way like um like illuminae uh was um so it's a really fun book uh i feel like it's I don't know, I feel like you get to explore uh, while you're reading it. There's all kinds of neat details to, to check out. Um, I feel like it's the kind of book that you, you don't read necessarily on, like, a Kindle. Um, like, I, I feel like you need that book. It's, like, an experience uh, to hold it. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And she writes uh, a lot of YA horror. I, I forget the particular, the title of her most recent one, but, uh, yeah, she wrote some really great creepy stories. So I'd, I'd uh, I would check that one out.
0: That's another one that, like, I got the um, arc of it back when it was going to be a new release and I never picked mm-hmm. it up. And every time I walk by it, I get so mad that I haven't read it yet.
1: It's um, so cool. And you can read it <laughs> yeah. really quick because it's the, one of those ephemera books, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: My next one is one that I always talk about when I talk about, like, underrated books because um, this one was out, I don't know, like five years before. and it never had a paperback release so it only came out in hardcover and it's Mm -hmm. frost by marianna bear um it's a haunted house story set at a boarding school where um the students can pick where they live senior year like what house they live in and there's one that's sort of off campus and that's where the main character chooses to live um, with a bunch of her friends. But weird things start happening in this house. And weird things start happening with her friends. And mm. um, they're starting to wonder, like, why Why does this keep happening? What's wrong with this house? Is it just us? Like, you know, the, the main character is this overachiever. She's very um, studious. She always wants to be involved. Like, she's super um, connected with her academic life. And so, like, when things start falling apart for her, it just, like... Everything unravels, and this one is weird, 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 weird. Like, it's got great pacing and atmosphere, but, like, there are a lot of scary moments in there that, for anyone who gets kind of creeped out easily, like, probably not the best pick. Um, There's a... I don't want to say creature, because it's not a creature, but Mm -hmm. there's an item in the book... um, (laughs) That's, like, a storage container in the shape of an owl called Cuppy. And I have one, like, I have something very similar to that um, at my house. And every time I walk by it, I can't stop thinking about this book and, like, the symbol of this, like, owl (sighs) container thing. Um, It's, like, one of the few books that's ever done that to me. That it's, like, I always have that connection over and over and over again. Um, So, yeah, that's a good one for people who don't necessarily want... Um, blood and Guts, but like creepy stuff. Um, not good for people who don't like bugs. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, then I have my one that's, uh, here's my Blood and Guts recommendation. So those of you guys who want uh, books that are going to make you uncomfortable. Um, so I talked about Blood and Salt a little bit earlier by Kim Ligget. Um Like I said, it's, it's Romeo and Juliet meets Children of the Corn <laughs> kind of book, where uh, a teen girl whose mom is this... Um, Sort of like spiritual-esque kind of woman um, has to chase after her mother uh, when she says she's going back to the uh, town that she grew up in. Um, because you get the very distinct impression something bad is going to happen when she gets there. Um, so she arrives in this uh, giant corn <laughs> field uh, and discovers this town that's sort of been hidden away from time uh, tucked away in there where they all worship... Um, I'm not going to say who it is they worship, but they all worship <laughs> someone who wants to become immortal uh, and she mu- she just might be the key uh, to making all of these sort of nefarious things happen. Uh, it's really neat. It's really uh, uh, well researched because there's a, there's a really interesting historic element to everything. Um, but there's a a lot of blood and people die, and uh, <laughs> it is uh, full of, full of scares. Um, and you mentioned you know underrated books, and I think this is definitely one of those. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't see uh, as many people talking about this as I would have liked. Uh, and it's just, it's just spectacular. Um, she also has another book that came out, uh, earlier this year called The Last Harvest. Um, and this one's about a a teen whose father, uh, well, he basically walks in on his father in the farm, in his, in the farmhouse, covered in blood. There's blood everywhere. All the animals have been killed. Uh, his father, uh, kills himself and, uh the town is sort of straight away from uh, paying any attention to this kid uh, but suddenly everyone's very interested uh, weird things start happening around town his like ex uh, is interested in talking to him the, the bullies that kicked him around want to be his friend uh, and he discovers there's this cult uh, that may have been responsible for what happened to his dad um, and there is just there is just a lot of blood and horror in it like it, it, it opens up with a uh, a wheat thresher uh, hitting a goat in uh in the field. Uh so it's it is not for the the squeamish, um but it is just it is just so so good. Um and then I th- I think Kim has a, a sequel to Blood and Harvest coming out uh Blood and Salt coming out soon. So, yeah, look for her books. Uh very scary, very uh <laughs> very uncomfortable, uh but in a really but in a really good way.
0: So, speaking of um YA authors who do uncomfortable horror, I've got a great one. Um, and this is my third rec, and it's Devil's Unto Daughters by Amy Lukovics. Um, this is her first book, and she just released her third one called The Ravenous, which has an incredible book cover. Um, I haven't been able to read it yet, but I can't wait to. Um, because she sold me when she wrote this book, and this one had a pitch that was Little House on the Prairie Meets Horror, and that was sort of the perfect pitch for it. It's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. Um, this family moves to a house. I believe it's in Kansas or Oklahoma. Um, and just, like, terrible things start happening. Terrible, bloody, murderous things start happening. Um, it's written in a, in a very, like, Western, old-folky um, dialect. So that takes a little bit of getting used to. But as soon as you're into it, like, it makes sense why it's done that way. And then there are scenes, and this is another one of those books that, like, there are scenes that just, like, pop into my head once in a while. Like, there's one with a sink, and there's one with, um, I think it's spiders, that just, like, they don't freak me out, but they're so good that they just are, like, permanently etched etched in my memory. Um, And I love when a book does that. I love that so much, because then it's like, I think about that book um, well beyond, you know, when I close it and I'm done with it. Um, Yeah, that's... Devil's Unto Daughters by Amy Lukovics. Um, and I read her second book, too, Women in the Walls, which is quite good. Um, another, like, haunted house book, which is apparently my thing. And, um, yeah, so I totally recommend checking her stuff out for people who want the the bloody, gory, like, you know, that stuff. Um, not for the faint of heart. Um and, and then I think let's wrap this up with talking about maybe a book or two that we're excited about, like because I'm holding one that's a horror book that I'm super excited to read and just haven't yet. Ooh, okay. um, and this is this is called Devil: The Devils You Know by MC Atwood. It, it just came out. Um, and I'm gonna read the back description and then tell you what I heard is included in this book that like makes me want to read it as soon as we're done with this podcast. Um, plenty of legends surround the infamous Boulder House in Whispering Bluffs, Wisconsin, but nobody takes them seriously. Certainly nobody believes that the original owner, Max Cartwright Jr., cursed its construction, or that a murder of crows died upon its completion, their carcasses turning the land black. If anyone did believe it all, there's no way River Red High would offer a field trip there for the senior class. Five very different seniors on the trip— Violet, Paul, Ashley, Dylan, and Gretchen have reasons beyond school spirit for not ditching the trip. When they're separated from the group, they discover that what lies within Boulder House is far more horrifying than any local folklore. To survive, they'll have to band together in ways they never could have imagined and ultimately confront the truths of their darkest selves. Okay, that sells me, right? But I heard killer dolls. Killer dolls. (laughs) Done. I need to read this now. What about you? Uh,
1: so, my dog started barking because I got up to go grab a book so I could uh, <laughs> do the same thing. So, one um, I'm really excited about and I'm holding an arc right now is a uh, White Rabbit by Caleb Roig. He wrote um, a book that came out last year called Last Seen Leaving, which was, I think, it was my favorite book uh, of last year. Um, he writes really great, uh, really great thrillers. Um, so, this one, uh, I guess I'll read the back here. Is uh, Rufus Holt is having the worst night of his life. It begins with the reappearance of his ex-boyfriend, Sebastian, the guy who stomped on his heart uh, like a spent cigarette. Uh, Just as Rufus is getting ready to move on, Sebastian turns up out of the blue, saying they need to talk. Things couldn't get much worse, right? But then Rufus gets a call from his sister, April, begging for help. And then he and Sebastian find her drenched in blood and holding a knife beside the dead body of her boyfriend, Fox Whitney. What? April swears... I know! (laughs) (laughs) April swears she didn't kill Fox, but Rufus knows her too well to believe she's telling him the whole truth. April has something he needs, though, and the price uh, is his help. Now, with no one to trust but the boy he wants to hate, yet can't stop loving, Rufus has one night to prove his sister's innocence, or die trying.
0: Yes!
1: And yes, I'm I'm really excited to you. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> mad at myself I haven't read this just yet. Uh, his books are just so much fun.
0: Oh man, that sounds great. If we're going to talk about things that like are candy for us, it's... Or die trying, as the yes. end to like any <laughs> any horror um, pitch. Like that's yes, I want that. But I think I think it's our show for this week. Um. So we're really thrilled that you're still tuning in, and we hope that your um, reading lists have just exploded. I know mine does every time we do this. I'm like, I'm, you know, on the side, I'm scratching down titles and authors because. You know, I need more books in my house. Like, I don't have enough. Yeah. <laughs> the never ending problem. So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back in your ears in two weeks.